City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In this podcast, you're going to hear a discussion uh, between a group of fans about how they feel about Miles Bridges. And I realized after recording the podcast that during the episode, I didn't share how I felt on the Bridges situation. And that could come across as disingenuous or unfair. So I felt it was important to kind of add that in here to the start of the podcast. Uh, Personally, for me, I would prefer Miles Bridges not to be back on the team. Um, I think the Hornets have a chance to send a message um, and I, I just find the idea of having to having to cover a team with that on, the elephant in the room would be difficult. I don't think it sends the right message to the other players on the team uh, in terms of what is and isn't acceptable. And I think it could be a culture killer. So uh, personally, that is my opinion. However, if Miles Bridges is put back on the team, you know, I covered the Charlotte Hornets. I've covered them for the last decade. Um, I'm going to continue to cover them going forward and I will adjust my coverage as I have to, to, to cover the team and miles while he was on it. Um, so that's it from me. We're going to go straight into the, the discussion now with the fans. Uh, I think it's a really candid, honest, uh, collaborative discussion, which I, I found quite, you know, interesting to listen to myself and I hope you will too. Welcome to this week's edition of the stinger. I'm your host, James Plarite, and this week we're mixing up a little bit with our podcast, a four-person podcast, and we are going to be debating Miles Bridges' situation. 
and the mixed views of fans within the Hornets community on how they feel the Bridges situation should be handled, um, if they want him back on the team or not. So I've got a a selection of fans with me today on the podcast, and we're going to have a discussion. And it's it's not going to be ESPN first. It's not going to be a pre-election debate style. It is going to be very relaxed, very respectful. Um, so I've got uh, Andy Moore, got Jordan, and I've got Evan Ball with me today as fans. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves now a little bit. They'll tell you a little bit about, about them and also kind of what their view is on uh, the Bridges situation. And then we're going to get right into it. We're going to get right into the discussion Uh this is to try and change people's minds. What we want to try and communicate today is we're aware there is a mixed view on the situation and the different feelings uh, people are wrestling with, with within themselves and with their fellow fans. So uh, first up, I'll pass it over to Andy. Andy, do you want to introduce yourself and kind of tell people your thoughts? Yeah, uh, my name is Andy Moore. I'm originally from the Queen City of Charlotte, but now I reside in Gary, Indiana. I miss going to the Hornets games in person, but League Pass has helped me out in that situation. And uh, my position is, as a Hornets fan, I would the, I would rather the team not bring Miles Bridges back as a member of the Charlotte Hornets. Okay, Jordan. Yes, uh, I'm Jordan Wilson. I'm actually originally from Myrtle Beach, now live in Charlotte. I'm a season ticket holder for the, the beautiful Hornets. And my opinion is Miles Bridges, I believe, should get a second chance if, obviously, he lives up to a few different things that I would like to see him do. Um, but obviously, you know, we'll get into the debate about that. And Evan. Hey, um, so I'm a season ticket holder as well, both both Hornets and Panthers here. Uh, I go to just about every game, road games included. Um, you know, first off, what he did was not okay, and that's just the baseline here. Everybody knows that what he did was not okay, okay? And that's just – it's a bad situation all around. And I'm really torn here. I, I don't know what the Hornets should do because nobody wins. There's not a situation where – the Hornets win, Miles Bridges wins, the NBA wins, the fans win. Nobody wins in this situation. And no matter what happens, it's it's going to be a tough road to go down for anybody, basically. And I'm very torn between what which way to go, really. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing I will point out here, none of us are experts, uh, you know, in, in the legal proceedings. Uh, or, you know, that we will try and be as sensitive as we can while discussing some of these things. Um, but we might get some terminology wrong here and there. And that is, you know, not for any other reason that we're, we're trying to kind of work our best way around it. So, Evan, I'm interested, just kind of torn here. Who are you interested to hear from out of Jordan and Andy first in terms of their, their kind of reasonings for their view? So I think we both kind of had the same ideas at, at the start there, um, you know, there's a second chance, but, you know, there's consequences out there. So yeah. I, I'm interested to, you know, hear both sides of it. Okay. Well, Andy, you you kicked us off at the start. You talked about how you don't want him back in the team. Why didn't you kind of lay out your your feelings for, for that? for that? Sure. Um, so just thinking about it this afternoon, 
kind of three reasons kept coming over and over in my mind. Uh, the first was, is the best way for the Charlotte Hornets to send the message that violence against women is not tolerated is to not bring him back. Um, I don't, I don't want to say that that's what they have to do, but if they want to be as clear as possible that violence against women in any form is not tolerated, the loudest and clearest way to send that message is to not bring him back. And our society over the last really half decade during this Me Too era, uh, we've been thinking, I think in much better ways about violence against women and, and how women are treated. Uh, we look back over the history of sports and unfortunately, a lot of times it hasn't gotten the attention and the seriousness that it should. And I think now we're, we're thinking more deeply about it. And the Hornets uh, have an opportunity uh, to send a message here that this is not going to be tolerated. And they can send a pretty loud message. You know, it's one thing to uh, cut your fourth string running back. Uh, but it's another thing to say that I think we'd probably all agree your second most important player, you know, if he's healthy and he's part of the team, yeah. Miles Bridges, if you say this will cost us a lot, this will cost us on the court, this will cost us in the standings, but this is an issue where we're not going to back down and we're going to be very clear and we're going to make it clear to everyone and even lead by an example in this area. Uh, the second reason I think that it's important that we don't bring Miles Bridges back is I think having Miles Bridges on the team will undermine a lot of the players' uh, attempts to speak out on social issues. Uh, we've really seen, again, over this last half decade, particularly in the last couple of years, a lot of players uh, feeling empowered to use the platform they have as athletes to speak to injustice issues as they see them. Uh, we've even seen uh, our owner, Michael Jordan, who is known as the guy who said Republicans buy shoes as well. Uh, we've seen him speak out on issues in ways that, uh, as a player, he didn't seem to. And uh, we've seen a lot of players speak up. Terry Rozier was very involved with, with different things in the city of Charlotte the last couple of years. But if they're going to have a guy like Miles Bridges on the team, I believe that's going to give a, a lot of ammunition to people out there who want to undermine the points that players want to make with the idea that you guys are athletes, you don't know what you're doing. In fact, who are you to speak to any of these issues at all? It's going to be hard for members of the Charlotte Hornets to say, hey, we're speaking out against injustice while they're in a locker room uh, with somebody like Miles Bridges who's done what he's done. And I think it's going to hurt their ability, uh, the platform they have to speak to these issues. And then the third reason I think we can't bring Miles Bridges back is I have no idea how the team begins to market themselves with Miles Bridges on the roster. Um, the team, you know, for, for all the wins and losses and the ups and downs on the court, I think we'd all agree, uh, Charlotte does a great job with marketing. I mean, their campaigns over the years, uh, they rolled out those mint jerseys. And uh, by the way, if anybody's listening, uh, I'm an XL. Send all that mint jersey <laughs> and stuff my way. I will take it. Um, but you can't have Miles Bridges bobblehead night. I mean, you, you can't talk about Sky Miles. I, I don't know what you do. It's you, He would be your second best player that you have to pretend isn't on the team with the exception of the games. And I think that's really unfair to the team. I think it's really hard to market around that. 
And I just think it's a situation Charlotte shouldn't put themselves in. So uh, that's kind of my perspective on it, but I'm really looking forward to hearing from the rest of you guys. I've got a I've got a question that I'll come to in a little bit, but I can see Jordan has a question he wants to come in on here. So I'll, I'll pass over to Jordan. Well, yeah, I just kind of wanted to like state my stance on this, and I agree with everything that you said, Andy. Um, in regards to it is going to be basically impossible for the Hornets to market Miles Bridges and everything that he has done. Um, but for the most part, I'm going to come in with the most unpopular opinion possible, uh, and I'm 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 of that of. Just, just add there, thing. Jordan. I, I don't want you to think you do have the most unpopular position possible because <laughs> okay, I ran a survey it. in the summer. I, I ran a survey in the summer which had over 670 responses with the question, do you want Miles Bridges back, assuming he's served his punishment, both legal and NBA? And 50, it was 50-50 split. Okay, that was 50-50% yeah. of fans. So I don't want you to think you are by yourself. I think a lot of people may not be willing to publicly state that. That's what because it's say, viewed yeah. <laughs> as an unpopular position, but I don't think you are by yourself. So sorry, continue point. You're fine. You're fine. But yeah, um, I'm I'm basically on the on the defense of I think everyone deserves a second chance in in life. You know, obviously we're talking we're we're talking about Miles Bridges, but at the end of the day, he is he's a kid. He's young. I mean, we've all done stupid stuff when we were when we were kids. I mean, I certainly have, and I've had the consequences laid out for me. And you know, I'm not obviously in the spotlight that he's in, but for the most part, I mean, I would be like, I'm not a hundred percent on board with him coming back, but if you were to make a concerted effort of coming out, maybe doing a public apology, um, him showing visible remorse, it probably would help heal a little bit. Uh, people that were on the fence about him coming back, obviously they're still not going to be able to market him. That's just out the window. Uh, but yeah, for, for the, for the most part, I'm open to a second chance. Um, so let's look at the timeline here, you know, so, you know, he comes out, there was the whole thing where he posted the picture of him having the cup and the joint in his hand. And then, you know, there was that. And then the reporter from Philadelphia said, you know, they're not happy with Miles Bridges off the court conduct, that kind of thing. And then the next week that happens, right? So with this punishment that he's getting, it's going to be three years of probation and he's gonna have to comply to drug tests. He has to go through and do all of the different things. I mean, that's clearly not going to jail. That's not a severe punishment. But, I mean, he's going to have to get his act together if he wants to stay off, right? I mean, three years of probation, you get arrested one time, you're going back to jail, and you're getting convicted of a felony for that. Either way, that's not good. But, um, you know, another point here, it's a toxic situation all around. Um, yeah, you know, There was agreed. a video that came out as well of his, his uh, ex-wife, coming at the house there and you know it's a toxic situation all around um mm-hmm. it, it doesn't like i said before it doesn't sound like anybody you know wins you know like yeah and i think most hornets fans are like even if you sit on one side of the fence you can understand the other point of view like you can see the other side everyone is torn in it right and yeah i think what you've probably seen uh with the I think the the video that his ex-partner posted talking about how she didn't want him to go to prison and didn't feel like that would help fix his issues. I think with the latest video of uh, her trying to reportedly force a way into where he was staying, that's like, I think it started to give certain people like a, a reason to look at it as full in terms of this isn't necessarily like straightforward. And also like, this is a question for you, Andy. I mean, I've got two questions for you. Is 
One, like the fact that his ex-partner, who is the one who suffered this, doesn't want him to go to jail and quite clearly kind of wants him to have the opportunity to probably play basketball again. How does like that feature into your view? Like, like because that that seemed pretty clear. She didn't necessarily state to, she wants him to play basketball again, but she's kind of pushed for and requested for it seemed like that's you know she was leaving the door open for him to be able to do that yeah uh, and i think if there is and in my position is he should not come back but the only way where i would have some peace about it is if i felt that was really what she did want um, mm. i'm not advocating for that but that would be the only avenue if if she was not in favor of that at all that would only strengthen how I feel. You know, they, it ended up being a, a no contest, I believe was the, the legal, yeah. you know, Correct. judgment. And, and part of that was the fact that she didn't want to go through everything that it would take. It's a lot to go through for your family. And I think part of it too was, it was clear she did not want him to go to jail. Uh, she wants him to get help. She wants him to be uh, rehabilitated. And I do too. I mean, I, I'm, I'm thankful uh, that there has been a some sort of resolution that she does seem happy with. Uh, that's my understanding is she's basically signed yeah. off on this deal. And if she is happy with that, then I have happiness for her in that. Um, and and I, I think with, with, with that, I think she's probably thinking about her kids, right? In terms yeah. of one, being going through public, going through court appearances for however many years it might take, the toll that could have on the family. But then also too, just like financially, looking at her and her yep. family, this is a you know a, a path of much less resistance, yep. uh, which could be easier for her long term as well. Yeah, and um, I, I want her to be taken care of, and and I can understand her thinking I want my kids taken care of. Uh, she had um, you know thoughts of how her kids would be taken care of that have changed dramatically uh, with everything that's occurred, but that doesn't change for me the fact that. The Charlotte Hornets should not, six months after someone commits felony assault, give that individual millions of dollars. I, I still think that that does not send a good message. I think it sends a very confusing message for an organization that has uh, leaned in, like the rest of the NBA, into social justice issues. And I think it just uh, it sends an unintentional message about um, if you're good enough, we can work it out. And I don't think that's what anybody wants to say, but I, I feel it, it, it might feel that way. I, I, I think, for example, if this was a two-way player from last year, there's not a discussion. Like, he's no. not coming back. And, and, and none of the – it wouldn't probably even matter if people, you know, the victim's family was advocating for it. If it was a two-way player, he wouldn't ever touch the court again. The reason Miles Bridges is possibly getting another chance it's because he's really good at basketball. And I think the fact that we're more likely to overlook something based on talent, I just think that's a bad message. And I would like to see Charlotte push back against that, even though it would be costly. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan, do you want to come in? Yeah, I was going to say, um, in your you know in your response to the Charlotte Hornets, obviously you'd like to see them take a stance. And, I, I do agree with that. And once again, I want to reiterate, there's never an appropriate time to ever lay hands on a woman. Um, for me, even doing this podcast, my wife is not happy. She's, her favorite player was Miles Bridges. And due to this whole situation, she's 
absolutely devastated. Um, beyond repair, she doesn't want to talk about it. It actually viscerally upsets her to talk about this. Um, but in that same situation, the Hornets are a small market team. And what Miles Bridges did, yeah, it completely messed up the entire summer, messed up their plans. And we see situations like this happen all the time in the NFL and every other league. I mean, there's several examples of, you know, famous athletes doing this. And then, you know, over time, everyone kind of forgets about it. We have Floyd Mayweather, you have Dennis Rodman, Jason Kidd, Randy Moss. We have numerous examples of whenever someone does this, eventually a team will sign them and the talent kind of overcomes that. So for the Hornets being a small market team, being tough already as it is, if Miles Bridges, obviously, if it's settled in court and he comes out with, obviously, what I want the most is a public apology and like him getting help, I'm open to him coming back because it would make no sense to me as a small market team to lose one of our stars, you know, that we've drafted and we've had come up just because we're going to take a stance. And all these other teams, you know, even current NFL teams, they don't care, which I disagree with. But at the same point, I'm still on the fence about it. And so I'm open to Miles Bridges coming back on that note. Someone would so, pick him uh, up immediately. Yeah. They would. And I, th- I think, you know, would it be fair, you know, there's been a lot of NBA teams who've had players who've had domestic violence issues and none of those players have ever, you know, they've, they've served, you know, I think 24 games was the most with Jeffrey Taylor and ex- yep. another Charlotte Bobcat. Um, <laughs> there have been other players as well. Uh, but normally the suspensions is between like one to five to 10 games. And there's never been the same level of outcry from the media, from fan bases, that that person shouldn't be allowed back on the team that there seems to be with Miles Bridges. Um, and I think that's that's maybe one of the challenges some people are facing is like, and, and probably I think the reason being it's time and society and we as a society have changed how we view these situations even now than how we did five years ago. Um, and that we, we treat them in a much more level of severity, which I think they probably deserve now. Um, but I think that's one thing that, you know, if you're the ownership or you're the management of Charlotte, you look at the other situations around the league. And I think that's what gives you maybe some challenge here in terms of, well, if, if other teams have handled it fine and brought the player back, why do, why do we have to be one for- I think you actually answered your question. Um, because a lot of those, even I kind of, I'm contradicting myself, but a lot of those athletes I mentioned, their situations happened in a time of yesteryear. And now we are more, you know, a society together. We, we, we acknowledge that this should not happen. And with the social media posts that she posted, everyone saw those photos. So they were absolutely heartbreaking and disgusting yeah. on every single level. So that's, that's already way above and beyond anything that anyone saw from the Jason Kidd scenario to the Randy Moss scenario. So I think that's why the level I outcry is stronger from Charlotte than what it was, you know, 2004, 2008, et cetera. I do wonder if, you know, there is an opportunity here. I think if they brought Miles back, they would have to do even more than what was just in the minimum in terms of the quarter. I think, you know, what if there is a world here, Andy and Evan, that, that Miles Bridges commits to almost being a, I don't want to sound corny here, but uh, I can't think of a better word, but an ambassador, right? In terms of someone, you know, you you see people who have drug addictions, um, you know, gone to jail for many years, and then they can come out the other side and they end up speaking to people to to educate them. What if there is a world here where Miles Bridges goes through his three years of probation, you know, does these minimum things, but then he can be an ambassador within the NBA 
to talk about the the mistakes he made and trying to make a difference in within basketball at the grassroots at the grassroots level and the US professional sports level. Um, you know, it would have to be sincere. But if he something like, would do you think that would uh, commit to something like that? Would that help uh, in terms of your view on on Miles? I think so. Um, you know, there could be a road to redemption. And if, you know, you go and show that you can be a good member of society and like you were saying, like I'll wave in the banner and saying that, you know, I made this mistake. I'm learning from my mistake. There could be a path to, you know, getting him back in. It's a tough road to go down though. Anyway. Um, yeah. Cause I, I the, the thing I struggle with, I picture, right. Let's say the Hornets get to playoffs in two or three years. Um, Mars Bridges hits a game-winning shot to take him to the next round. How does everybody feel when that happens? Do you celebrate and then you like remember that you know there's the 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 uh, the kind of the part of you that would just automatically celebrate and then you start to remember and uh, you know what if uh, you know people around you are the fan bases you know he's you know they would be booing and you'd be getting criticizing that why are you why are you supporting the, the team of the guy who did that. Um, I think that's a hard position for like for you to say you support the Hornets or the team then putting you in a position where you're basically saying, well, if you support the Hornets and Miles Bridges plays for them, then you endorse that you're okay with domestic violence. And I think that's the challenge fans. I've, I've thought about myself. What if I say I'm covering the team of a player who does that? They'd be like, why, why are you covering that team? So that's an, another challenge I've thought about. For fans. Yeah, I've been wondering myself, um, because I think I think they will bring him back. I mean, we're talking about what they should do. My guess is mm-hmm. they will bring him back. My guess is they'll they'll bring him back. Adam Silver will come in and probably suspend him the rest of the year, and and then he'll be on the team next year. Uh, that would be that would be my guess. Um, James, I, I want clarification on what you asked. Are you asking if the team signed him and gave him a contract? And then he began doing all these things to to bring awareness, to speak out. Or are you saying the team didn't sign him and he spent the next year doing those things? And then after that, the team signed him. Because I think you were talking about the former. I'd be much more sympathetic to the latter. I, it's, I mean, to uh, I think it's been mentioned. I don't think there's been a public apology even yet. And and I don't. I don't know what legally he could and couldn't yeah, do. That's probably can. part of it too. Um, but it, it's one thing to say a, a guy has turned over a new leaf and he's changed. Um, and then two weeks later, give him that contract. You know, uh, I think having a period where he wasn't employed, where he was kind of, you know, having to give back without also getting a check from the team. I think that'd be much more palpable for me. But if they sign him and say, Hey, here's, certain million dollars that wouldn't be as as meaningful for me and again i am sympathetic to the idea of redemption i am sympathetic to the idea of a second chance i i just wonder about the message we send when um certainly we're not rewarding him for that behavior um clearly we're not no one's arguing for that but when he's coming out of all this and we're our first reaction almost is to give him millions of dollars. I, I just, I just think that sends a bad message. And, and I'm sympathetic to the fact this is a small market team. 
I mean, you're you're talking about our entire summer got blown up. Uh, yeah. Poor poor Steve Clifford has got to have a another rough roster. Uh, to, to bad enough, he had the Bobcats right, and now he's he's got this. Um, but I just think I think we have a chance to do the and maybe it's corny to do the right thing in a costly way, and I just think. It's good for the team to send a message like that. And mm. I that that's just kind of where I'm at. But I would be more sympathetic if there if there were all those other things, if it was clear um, we were using that as an opportunity. But but there's a difference between um, we're we're going to use this to bring good versus we're gonna have some things so people don't get mad at us about bringing him yeah. back. And yeah. there's a it has there. to it has to feel authentic yeah. and not something yeah. for PR. I agree. Uh, yeah, I'll come to you in a minute, Jordan, because I know you got a point. Um, oh, you're fine. I think I, I was asking the former in terms of as they announced they signed him, they also announced a, a, a raft of measures. Um, but I this is the challenge, right? What's everyone will say it's just for PR, even if it was genuine, and that's the difficult thing. There is no way unless you're in the room person. Uh, in terms of Signing him, I mean, I, from what I understand, they've extended the qualifying offer to Miles Bridges. So the qualifying offer, they have essentially signing rights on him up to March 1st. And after that point, he is an unrestricted free agent and he can go sign anywhere. So in terms of the period of time, is between now and March long enough for that redemption to be earned? I'm, I'm guessing no, uh, from your opinion, but... I think that's the that you know, depending on how it looks, that's the deadline they seem to be working towards. Uh, Jordan, do you want to come in? Well, I was going to ask: is there is there a possibility for a sign and trade? Um, oh, for a restricted free agent, I'd have to check the sign and trade rules in season. I med- imagine very different uh, because sign and trades are normally easy with teams with cap space, and there's a very limited number of teams with cap space. But Got look, it. there's mostly in the NBA, there is a way to find something, but there would be less options, I would say. And and I think any team trading for the player, uh, you know, inherits the <laughs> inherits the very issues that we've talked about. That's the challenge, right? I agree. I'll just go back to the point that Evan made, which is if we do cut him and cut loose, someone will, someone will take him. And obviously, you know, as a small market team, I'd rather be getting something for nothing. So, that's really yeah. And I guess I it's, it's that we, I did be part of the solution and and by it, the horn to sign him then they can play a role and be part of the solution they can you know try and help advise them on the best way evan um i think the bigger issue here is the hornets having lack of veteran leadership because there's mm-hmm. nobody to hold these younger guys accountable there's the example of this there's the example of book night i mean we got the whole pj washington stuff like i, I think we need veteran leadership to, you know, snuff out some of this toxicity and, you know, get these guys on track. Um, I think, you know, this is a very young roster and the, the veteran players, Gordon Hayward, Mason Plumley, there you can tell that they're not the type of veteran players that are going to come in and command, command a culture from other people, I don't think. Um, you know, I think they very much are probably vets who keep themselves to themselves and then they work hard every day and they'll give people you know, advice and practice, but they're, they're not setting the culture for the organization. Um, you know, you can tell that here about uh, people talk about leadership with your organization. 
you know, when Kemba Walker was here, you you heard, you heard about it every day, right? You heard about Kemba yeah. being the leader and him setting that culture. And it's it's not by what they have said, it's what they haven't said about some of those players, right? And that's where I think you can probably uh, understand. So, I mean, we're probably coming close to kind of wrapping up some of the discussion here. I guess I'll just open it out to the floor. Are there any questions or last points that anyone has that they would like to make? Okay, doesn't seem to be anything. I guess, Evan, as someone who came into this torn, right, um, do you feel you are leaning more one way or the other now after, after this discussion? No, I'm still completely torn. I have <laughs> no idea here. Um, I, I have no idea. I don't know what the Hornets are going to do. I don't know what anybody's going to do. Um, like I said before, it's a bad situation all around, and nobody wins. Yeah, I got some closing thoughts as well. Like I said, I want to reiterate for like the 800th time that I do not agree with anything or condone anything that he did. Um, but I am open to the possibility of giving him a second chance, obviously, based on apologies, what he were to say, things of that nature. Um, Andy, you mentioned uh, earlier that there's really it's, – it's going to be a disaster no matter what happens uh, in regards to Miles Bridges with like the PR and the Hornets. So uh, I – if they were to cut him, I'd be completely fine. It would make my life a little bit easier with my wife. If they weren't, I would be open to the second chance. Uh, either way, I'm kind of more so on the fence as well, Evan. I'm going to kind of be on that one with you. But, I, yeah, there's a lot of people who are just absolutely no holes barred. He doesn't deserve a second chance. I'm not in that room. So. Yeah, I just want to thank everybody for the discussion on not an easy topic. And mm. I appreciate the – honesty and respect and hopefully uh this has been helpful for fans as we like everybody else we're just trying to think through these things and uh my closing thoughts are first i i do hope the best uh for um the the family the entire family for um for everyone involved so many people uh particularly uh the kids speak to me you know as a dad and and and, and so i do hope that there is some help. I hope Miles does get the help he he needs, and I hope he just becomes an amazing father to those kids. I really do. I just I hope there is. But as far as the team, um, I don't envy the choices they have to make. Um, I am just hoping. Uh, while I do like redemption and I do like second chances, I hope that basketball on the court play is not the only and not the most important. Uh, factor in the decision they make. I hope they realize that whatever they do, it's not enough to have the basketball part of this be right. It's more than basketball, and I hope they make the right decision. Yeah, and again, thank you all for coming on so much. I think what's very clear with this situation is there is going to be one person who makes a decision on this, and it will be the owner, Michael Jordan. You know, there is no way... GM Mitch Kupchak decides this because everything will come back and be blown back on Michael Jordan and not reflect on him. And it will be him who will be holding the key decision here. So I, I think that's that's one thing that we realize, whatever the outcome, it, whatever it is, Michael Jordan has, has signed and approved that and probably chosen to take that path forward. So thank you all so much for coming on. Uh, I hope there's, I don't want to say enjoyed, but um, we're able to relate to some of the feelings that everyone has shared here and and can kind of, you know, get a, an idea of the process ideology on, on both sides of the argument. So uh, thanks everyone for coming on and I hope you listen, enjoy listening to the podcast. Yeah, anytime. Thank you. Yep. Thanks. Thanks.